Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now, let the show begin. Hello and welcome back to the show. This is your host, Don McCauley. Today, we're welcoming a program author, M.G. Barlow, and she is the author of Home, My Story of House and Personal Restoration. Before I bring in today's guest, a quick reminder that selected interviews are available at our website, as well as on major platforms like Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and many more. MG, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you today, Don? Good. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. So, again, my name is Mary Barlow, MG Barlow on the book, and available on the website mgbarlow.com or on Amazon. A little bit about me. I have been writing for quite a few years, and I spend my full-time employment as a medical writer, but my real love is in literary writing. I was a journalist for a period of time in central Massachusetts, and during that time, I stumbled upon this vintage house and was inspired to write about it and all that occurred there for me. So tell us about your book. Home is a memoir, and memoirs cover a certain period of time or aspect of their author's lives. And in this book, as a troubled girl, I grow up, purchase, and restore a vintage New England farmhouse. I research its history and original Dutch owners, and then I discover the emotional home I lost as a child. Now, who did you write your book for specifically? Who's your target audience here? There's really three, I think. The first one are women who've lost their moms as children. We share a sad trauma, but also a unique sisterhood I would say to single moms, because I wrote this book mostly, or it covers a period of time when I was a single mom. And there's some kind of fun stuff in there for single moms, but also a lot of trials and tribulations and trying to cure for a home and raise a family and do all those things we try to do on our own that way. And then I would say the last group would be people who are interested in the history of homes and towns and home renovations. Not, you know, knock out and drag out wall renovations, but just caring for a home in a special way. So I think those are the three main target audiences. So could you say there's any type of central message or perhaps underlying theme that you would say runs throughout your book? Yeah, I think it's a bit of a spoiler alert, but I'll say that the central idea is that beyond all we accumulate and all the places we visit and the successes we achieve, I think readers will find that the message is that life is most about the things and the people we leave behind and most important, how we leave them. So it's not about, you know, accumulating things, but just, you know, really considering what we leave behind and how we leave it. So if you had to choose, what would you say is the single most important idea you're sharing in your book that's really going to add value to the reader's life? You know, I think we read to broaden our minds, and it's just another perspective, you know, much of what we have in today's media. And we're spending a lot of time at home these days. And I think it's, you know, everybody's interested in making a home for themselves. We always worry about where we're going to be and how we're living in our homes. And this is that deep meditation. Hopefully people will relate to my meditation on being with home, being at home, both you know, emotionally and in a physical place and what that truly means to us. 
So if you were asked to compare your book with any book out there we might already be familiar with, which book would it be and why? I want to mention two because one I read a few years ago and one that I just learned about recently and started reading. So the first one is Hillbilly Elegy, a memoir of family and culture in crisis. This is J.D. Vance's book. And I'll start off by saying this is no way related to politics. I know he's a senator in Ohio, but in our books, J.D. and I both discuss as children how we experience instability, but also the peace in finding solid footing. And so, you know, a lot of the family stuff, I see a lot of parallels between our two books and the way that we both examine what went on in our lives like scientists of our own upbringing. So for that book, for that reason. But the other book was written by Mae Sarden, who is a prolific writer and poet. And both of our books are like love letters to our vintage homes. My vintage home was in Whitensville, hers in Nelson, New Hampshire. She writes about the day she met her house. I do that too. So I think we both have a lot of parallels that are sort of really indulging in buying our homes and caring for them. And we write about our neighbors and the peace that we find in our gardens. And there's just so much there that I found in common with what she did. And it's quite wonderful. Now, you have somewhat of a unique perspective on home ownership. Tell us about that. Regardless of the contracts we hold with banks, most of us will never really own our homes, even if we pay them off. Rather, we're transient stewards of our home's survival. That house is going to live long beyond us. So the truer contract is an unwritten agreement held between us as homeowners and the house itself. And it goes something like this. We homeowners agree to fix your broken parts and maintain your strong ones. And whenever possible, enhance your charm and function. And in return, you, house, will provide shelter and a sanctuary for us to grow and become the people we're meant to be. So, you know, when stoops decay and wood rots and rain pours into our living rooms, we know somebody has broken their contract along the way with that house. And there's no way out except to pass it on to the next steward. So I like to think about it that way because I derive a lot of peace and healing from the houses that have stood strong for me over a lifetime. And I like to think about my responsibility and helping a house stand strong for not only me and my family, but all its future people. So how did this help you become closer to your roots and feel more grounded? The house that I mentioned in the book, the Vintage House, it's in Whitensville, Massachusetts. It was owned by people who immigrated to this country from Friesland, Holland. My paternal grandparents came to this country in the early 1900s from Madeira, which is a tiny island off the coast of Portugal. It's part of Portugal. And I grew up right next to them. But, you know, growing up with a bit of trauma in my life, you know, there was a lot of noise and confusion. And I really didn't appreciate my grandparents during that time. But living in this vintage house and, you know, learning a lot about the family who came there before me, I saw a lot of parallels between my grandparents, my vavu and vavor, that's Portuguese for grandparents, grandmother and grandfather, you know, a lot of parallels between their lives and the lives of these immigrants who came from Holland, even though they never knew one another. And so all of this came back to me and reminded me of the lessons that my grandparents and my aunts and uncles and our little Portuguese community tried to convey to me growing up. 
What was the most difficult aspect of losing your mother as a child? I think beyond the departed person, loss is all that happens and does not happen in the void. As a child, I didn't know any kids my age who had lost their moms. So observing other girls or, you know, with their moms at Girl Scout events or field trips, carpools, for instance, I felt odd, really like an outcast. And this kind of thing is real tough on a family. I mean, just think about how hard it is when both parents are present in a home. There's so much to do. So with my mother missing, it placed a lot of stress on other family members. And while my dad did remarry, he and my stepmother never got along. And so they sent me and my two brothers off to live with older siblings, and our family was more fractured. So I think it was more, you know, after becoming a mom myself, I realized exactly what I'd lost. When you think about what a parent is, that's a parent has this enormous and stubborn love for their child. It fuels vigilance and guidance. It's that person who's programmed to do what's best for a child every waking moment of every single day for a lifetime. And so as a kid, you kind of know something isn't right. You feel odd. But it isn't until, you know, I became a parent that it was really apparent what it was that I lost. Now, your mother chose to end her own life. How did that affect you? I learned of my mother's death the day it happened. I was seven years old at that time, but I didn't know how she died. I didn't even ask, and I don't know why I didn't ask, but I did not. And we never discussed it as a child or as a family when I was a child. When I was 11 years old, a young girl around, you know, my same age mentioned to me, she said, hey, is it true that your mother hung herself? And, you know, I froze. I acted as if I'd known. And when I went home, I asked my stepmother if it was true. And it was shocking. And to find out, you know, that had happened. I'd never heard of anybody doing that. And I felt an enormous sense of guilt as well. And I carried that with me until I became a mom myself and realized that, you know, parents don't take their lives over the silly things that kids do. But I carried that around with me for a long time. Tell us briefly about some of the home renovation stories in the book. The book, you know, it's divided into several chapters over two parts. And in part two of the book, there are seven short vignettes, each one kind of embedded into a chapter. Things like fixing broken spigots after torrents of water flowed into the basement or repairing a gaping hole in the siding, mason work on a front stoop. One of the greatest refinements was the replacement of garage doors and the broken cement in front of them with wonderful stone. I chose to share seven of these home repair stories because in each one, I'm feeling emotionally better as I'm fixing up my house. When the house is looking better, I'm feeling better. And so that seven is an analogy for the seven stages of grief. So what was your inspiration to write this book? When I discovered my vintage house in about 2004, I immediately fell in love with it. It was loaded with character and charm and the shabby elegance that just drew me in. And about a year later in May, I was working in the yard when a strange car pulled up the driveway. And from the passenger side, this older woman looked up at me and said, I'm 88 years old and I used to live here when I was a little girl. And her daughter, who was driving, leaned over and said, yeah, and she's hoping to see inside the house again if it's okay. So, of course, I was thrilled and I invited her in. That day, the woman, whose name was Pauline, gave me a tour of my home 
pointing out many wonderful artifacts like a hidey hole in the floor where her dad stashed cash, china cabinets that her father crafted, the cabinet where the family kept the Bible. By the way, her father, who was from Holland, used to teach himself to speak English. The flagpole and the flag he erected when her brothers went off to World War II, the lilac her mother planted. So after she left, the house that I love so much came alive with all these backstories. And that was the great inspiration that got the book started. So in your opinion, who should buy your book? As I mentioned earlier, I think there's three main audiences, women who've lost their mothers at an early age. We are a community of women who share a common trauma, but also an important sisterhood. And it's impossible to recognize what it's like for a woman to grow up without a mom. And this book goes deep into, you know, that perspective. Also, I think single moms, you know, home weaves in the years of single motherhood, struggles, raising kids alone, romance, while trying to, you know, keep life stable for the kids. I think they'll laugh at some of the anecdotes on dating and relate to an inevitable heartbreak that ensued. And also home history and renovation enthusiasts. For some people, there's something irresistible in seeing or hearing about home history and fix up stories. So I think those individuals are enjoying it as well. Do you have a website? Yes, it's mgbarlow.com. So that's M as in Mary, G as in Gail, Barlow, B-A-R-L-O-W.com. Well, this has been just great. Our guest today has been M.G. Barlow, and she is the author of Home, My Story of House and Personal Restoration. M.G., thanks very much for being with us today. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it, Don. This is Don McCauley wrapping up another edition of The Author Show. Go out there, buy the book today, and please share this interview with your friends so that they, too, have the opportunity to discover our guests and their work. The Author Show can be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. And whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books to read, The Author Show is a great place to start. Check us daily as we continue to introduce wonderful authors of very interesting books on The Author Show. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. Theauthorsshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.